You're listening to Class, an official podcast of the Democratic Socialists of America, National Political Education Committee. My name is Elton L.K. This episode is a continuation of our last episode, which is a look back at the U.S. labor movement in 2023. This episode, past and present DSA National Labor Commission members Sean Orr of the Teamsters, Aisha of Starbucks Workers United, and Sarah Hurd, who has been working on the DSA Strike Ready campaign, will discuss what is brewing. What can we expect from 2024? What are you excited about with 2024? I'm really excited about taking the people that we've kind of moved into struggle through Strike Ready um, and getting them kind of supported in whatever regional fights are coming up in the next year for them. So it's going to look different probably for different people in different parts of the country. Um, But because there's kind of a toolkit that's been assembled, there's some relationships that have been built, which I think are super important. I think we're going to be able to Uh, spread Strike Ready out in some interesting ways uh, in the next year. And we've already been talking to some people with uh, the new reform movement in IATSE about what kind of support we can do with them. There's some teacher stuff going on um, in Twin Cities that's very exciting. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot coming up this year, but also I'm sure things will happen that we have not planned for and couldn't predict. Uh, that will also be fun to uh, respond to in real time. Um, I'm also very excited about DSA having a presence at this next year's uh, Labor Notes Conference, which I think is going to be even bigger and more fun than the last Labor Notes Conference, which was like the biggest Labor Notes Conference ever. Labor Notes brings together uh, union militants from different industries to kind of share insights and learn from each other. And I'm hoping that the presence at Labor Notes can go hand in hand with some Uh, some more rank and file organizing and helping people get into caucuses and stuff like that. Yeah, the last Labor Notes was uh, so exciting um, with all of the new organizing going on at Starbucks and and Amazon, but also obviously um, these different reform movements. And there's so many DSA members who've reached out to the NLC to talk about their own unions and how they can start um, reforming them. I'm not on the NLC steering committee anymore, but Sarah and Sean have lots of work cut out for them, um, just supporting all of these DSA members uh, who are union members who want to get started shaking things up in their own in their own union locals and in the wider movement. I'm now a staff organizer on the Starbucks campaign, and I talk all the time with the workers about um, the UAW fight, about UPS um, and the Teamsters fight there. Um, one of my stores did a practice picket before their last strike, um, which really gave them a lot of confidence and made them feel really good going into the actual the day of the strike. But also, yeah, with the with the UAW fight talking about why the sit down strike was made illegal, and then how, you know, the workers have been so creative with the new stand up strike. And then also, you know, all of this news coming out of the stand up strike with um, the raises at uh, Toyota and other non union auto companies, but not just that now, you know, they're all starting to organize and they're signing cards. Um, which is just so exciting because, you know, those workers are like, yeah, we can get more, but also we can fight for more, which is just, that's what is, is what I'm looking forward to for 2024 is just making bosses, uh, sweat a little bit more. 
for me with 2024, I, I think uh, besides what um, Sarah and Aisha have mentioned, the thing that I, I'm excited to see develop is what are we able to do with our chapters in relation to the labor work? Uh, because I think Strike Ready really showed that our chapters have a specific role to play in this new labor movement, DSA chapters as an organization, right? Just like EWOC plays an, an important role in organizing the unorganized, these reform caucuses play an important role in transforming these unions from the bottom up. DSA chapters play an important role too. And I believe that is that we are going to be acting as hubs of solidarity for labor unions. A lot of unions are operating from a position of, you know, kind of the back foot, right? They don't have a lot of resources. Uh, some, some unions have really been kind of like islands unto themselves. They've been outside of all these great social upheavals of the past 15 years. They don't have some of the skills. They don't have some of the connections. They don't have the support that they feel like they need to be able to get a strike across a finish line. But our chapters have that. Uh, our chapters are full of some of the most talented organizers uh, in the entire country who have skills, specific skills that are needed, right? Whether that is skills that we've picked up from the electoral movement, from uh, the student movement, uh, from any of the spaces that we've been involved in. Uh, those are skills that my, my coworkers and other workers in this movement uh, look to, need, right? We need, we, need, we need friends. We need support out here. Uh, and that's what solidarity is. So I'm excited to see what we can continue to develop coming out of Strike Ready. I think that we have some exciting plans in store for uh, building out permanent structures of solidarity captains on a national level uh, and continuing to train up uh, chapters and provide them support to, to stand in solidarity with workers and struggle wherever they are. And Sean... You, uh, my understanding is you're also part of an effort to democratize your union, the Teamsters. Can you talk about that? And how did the democratization of your union play into that? The fight in the Teamsters goes back decades. Um, I'm a member of Teamsters for a Democratic Union, TDU. It's um, uh, a reform caucus inside the Teamsters. And we've been around since the 70s. Uh, the Teamsters have a history of not just being a business, uh, business union, but uh, being very corrupt, being very undemocratic, uh, having uh, elements of organized crime involved in leading our union. Um, and it's been a very long fight uh, to change uh, the directions of the Teamsters. And it's not done yet. Uh, TDU uh, had a big breakthrough uh, leading a vote no movement at uh, my company, UPS, uh, five years ago in 2018. We voted down a contract that Hoffa Jr. Uh, wanted to force on us. Uh, the contract was voted down. He used a constitutional loophole to force it through anyways. Um, and a few years later, we uh, participated in a coalition to get him and his kind out of our union. Now, the union's led by uh, a, um, an ally of TDU, Sean O'Brien, out of Boston, and Fred Zuckerman out of Louisville. Really, you know, the, the, the new leadership at the top of the Teamsters are people who are responsive to the rank and file. They're not going to simply push the rank and file down. They're not going to ignore them. They're not simply going to go along with what the company wants uh, the union to do, which is all that the Teamsters had done for decades. 
they're going to respond to the demands of the rank and file. And that's what they did at UPS. Uh, we had a huge list of demands in this contract fight. Uh, and because of all that organizing that happened on the front end, uh, UPS was willing to roll over on most of our demands uh, fairly quickly. Um, we had a uh, two-tier system among our package car drivers. Uh, that was a top demand was to get rid of that. We got rid of that day one of this contract. Uh, we wanted to see a significant pay increase for part-timers. Uh, we won the largest pay increase of part-timers I've ever seen at UPS. I've got some coworkers who are part-timers that got $5 raise, a $6 raise, day one of this new contract. Uh, that was life-changing for them. Uh, and uh, $7.50 raise over the course of the contract, uh, which is larger than the past uh, two contracts combined. Uh, we got a lot out of this fight. I think one of the things that we got out of this fight is we learned that UPS is willing to pay a lot of money to avoid a strike. Uh, UPS is a $100 billion company. Uh, we are as important to the U.S. economy as the railroads. Uh, we move about 7 to 8% of the GDP of this country every single day. Uh, they are willing to pay a lot of money to make sure that that business never stops moving. I think that we are going to continue to build the fight in, in UPS and in the Teamsters uh, because uh, learning from our brothers and sisters in the UAW and elsewhere in the labor movement, where we shouldn't just have fights for pay. Pay matters. Pay is incredibly important. I know my coworkers are very happy with the contract that we got, um, but we need to think beyond that. We need to think uh, as a labor movement about how can we take away, take back some of the power that we've lost by selling our labor to these companies. Uh, the UAW is thinking about that with their fights over a change in the work week, with their fights to strike over plant closures. These are not just questions of money in pockets. These are questions of power, right? Power in your hands. Um, and I think that we're going to keep learning uh, from our experiences and from our brothers and sisters and the rest of the labor movement. Um, but it's a, it's a long process we're in. This is a gargantuan union of over 1.3 million members. And UPS is just one corner of that. So uh, the process is ongoing to transform this union, but it's looking great. Uh, and it's looking great because the members want it. The members want to change and they're going to keep fighting to get it. Is there a path forward with Starbucks Will they be able to negotiate a contract? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Um, they, you know, they're already winning things that they're demanding. They won things like credit card tips last year. They just won after the Red Cup Day strike, the ability for ship supervisors to turn off mobile orders, um, which is something they've been asking for for a long time. And the vice president of Starbucks said that, uh, sent an email to the president of Workers United saying that, they are going to uh, negotiate a contract in 2024. The body of this letter did not really have anything new, but what I do know is that the workers keep organizing more workers and that they're building pressure both on the shop floor for issues that are going on in their own stores, but also nationally are you know uh, creating plans together. I was saying before about workers training each other um, and they still do that. They, you know, are on Zoom all the time planning their upcoming actions together. So it's just really exciting to see. All I have to do is just like provide resources and some guidance and they do all the work. And I, I think that Starbucks should be nervous in going into 2024 because when they actually sit down and negotiate this contract, um, they're going to kick ass and they're going to have an amazing contract. You mentioned that workers don't like the mobile orders. 
And then I've also seen that Starbucks Workers United is asking for people to to not use um, the gift mm-hmm. cards. Yeah, so that's one of their asks of uh, community members is to not buy gift cards this season for the holidays. I'm not sure if people know this, but Starbucks has so much money on gift cards and on the mobile app that's just stored that people like keep on there all the time um, that they are like in the top 10 of banks of the amount of money stored. So that is something that um, can be really effective is, is, you know, telling people to stop um, just, you know, buying gift cards for teachers or, you know, uh, at Christmas, you know, it is, you know, tricky legally to call for a boycott, but this is a a targeted um, thing that they're asking the public to do. What help can people or local DSA chapters get by reaching out to the National Labor Commission? DSA chapters should request money from our Solidarity Fund if they have something that they need to get off the ground that requires a little infusion of funds up top. Um, That's been a huge way that we can help even small chapters really maximize uh, their returns uh, in terms of their solidarity work um, and can kind of help projects get off the ground that maybe other groups are a little bit afraid of uh, funding. So that's always an option. Um, You can always reach out to us um, for help with organizing tools, uh, for outreach, um, for help with crafting materials, uh, stuff like that. Um, And we should be in, next month we have a big membership meeting um, where we should be launching some exciting new projects that we're hoping that people will, will plug into and take part in. If people are in a union, already how can they go about democratizing their union i would definitely encourage uh if you are a worker in a union and you see what uh, has happened in the uaw in the teamsters uh, with starbucks workers united with ewok and you know that you have a fight to pick and you want to get that fight going and you want to get organized I would say the best place uh, to do that would be coming to Labor Notes. Uh, that is going to be this April in Chicago. Um, it's There's going to be thousands of union workers from around the country. Um, probably there will be workers from your own union who will be there, who will have the exact same desires that you do and the exact same thoughts you do. And Labor Notes is always willing to find a meeting room for workers to get together and figure out how they can get organized to solve their issues. I know uh, that there's going to be a lot of those discussions happening. There is going to be many, many, many uh, reform efforts uh, going uh, across the labor movement. For a long time, us and TDU, we've been kind of an island unto ourselves. And then UAWD showed up. uh, Then Essential Workers for Democracy showed up at the UFCW. And I think uh, many more flowers are going to be blooming this year. I'll just add, like, you know, in the labor movement, obviously, a one-on-one conversation is the basis for, you know, all the work we do, whether it's forming a new union, democratizing your union. Um, And that's what's so exciting about DSA is that, like, we learn that skill and we use it to organize as tenants. We use it to organize in our communities. We use it to organize against um, war and imperialism we're seeing right now, obviously. Um, And we use it um, at our workplaces. So, Um, I think that's also what's really exciting with DSA is like, you know, for myself, I came in um, after Trump was elected 
knowing what he was going to be doing to immigrants. And, you know, I learned how to have conversations and I learned how to um, get people organized and, and, and fighting against um, all of that. And then was able to use that these skills um, with organizing tenants and then workplaces. So um, I think like just coming into DSA and learning skills on organizing around whatever you care about is going to serve you um, really well in so many other ways. And that's, what's also really, really exciting is that we've been doing all of this work in 2023 and in 2024, it's going to serve us really well as uh, members of the labor movement, but also in all of the organizing that we do. This is CLASS, an official podcast of the Democratic Socialists of America National Political Education Committee. My name is Elton L. K. Thank you to Casey Sticker, who deserves a big thanks for sound engineering and theme music. Thank you to Palmer Conrad for editing. If you're inspired by anything we've been talking about, if you think the system is rigged and democracy is the solution, join DSA. Become a member. I've put a link in the show notes to DSA's website. If you're already a member of DSA, please share this podcast with your local chapter. Class is intended to be a resource for chapters and members to articulate, apply, and share socialist theory with DSA and the wider working class. Also, remember to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. As you know from listening to other podcasts, this is an important way to get out the word about class.